Did you notice that uh, Matthias and Nina were completely laughing in the face of Rose and Jack? <laughs> in that yeah. water the, yeah. <laughs> with the door. <laughs> I was like, is this a Titanic redo? Like, we're I laughing like we could have both been on that door. <laughs> and they both fit on that door. They both yeah. fit on the fucking door. Yeah. <laughs> episode of Romancing the Monsters. I'm M. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And this week we are talking about Shadow and Bone, the TV show. Dun dun dun! Season one just dropped on Netflix uh, and we weren't sure if we were gonna do this but turns out we uh the team decided that we are (laughs) we were gonna do it. Anyways, Let's start with a short synopsis of what the overall story is, or like the premise of the story. The story starts off with a girl named Alina, and um, she's going to meet her friend Mal at uh, like the army, like the Rafkin army. Um, And you find out that they're both orphans and that they really only have each other. What happens is she doesn't want to leave Mal because he got got chosen to go through the fold, which is um, this horrifying scar or, like, this magical darkness that holds, like, all these evil creatures inside. And you usually have to cross it in order to get to the other side. Um, and you'd go to other... Is it other countries or other cities? It's other countries, right? Uh, I think it's both. Because I think one country is, like, divided in two. So, like, you have West Ravka and East Ravka. So, like, that's one country. But then there's the Fjordians or whatever they're called. I don't remember. (laughs) That's a country. So, like, yeah. And then there's, like, Ketterdam. Which I don't know what country that is in. Like, I don't think that's a country. You think it's a city? Yeah. See, I think, personally, one of my gripes, I know I'm getting into soon, is that they didn't really explain places and geography yeah and alina being a cartographer you would think they would explain or she would do it well they did explain why why because obviously the fold is not infinite so they did explain why they can't go on either side because um there's you know hostile populations and countries or whatever on either side so it's like you can't really cross that way because they did say you could cross it, but it adds so much time to your travel, obviously, because you have to, like, go around it. So, yeah, Alina doesn't want to leave Mal alone to traverse through the fold. So she um, finds a way to get onto the uh, the ship as well um, by burning maps that, you know, show you what's on the other side. So she gets onto that boat and things happen. They're attacked by these creatures called the Volcra that live in the fold. Um, And somehow we find out that she has a power that has been long awaited. She's called a sun summoner and um, she's a Grisha. So a Grisha is basically someone that holds magical ability. 
basically that's where our story starts and she is forced to meet the general his name is general kerrigan Mm -hmm. and through that she ends up (laughs) journeying to the little palace and um having to show the king and queen um of her powers and now she is now known as the chosen one basically to save the whole world yeah uh, no pressure there and then on the other side of the fold we have um three interesting characters misfits misfits yeah there you go um which is kaz inej and jesper and they are tasked with bringing alina sarkov to ketterdam um and to this random man that we don't know he probably wants to kill her we don't know what happens is they're offered a million kruga which is i guess a million dollars i don't know i don't know the exchange rate between kruga and dollars (laughs) they have to find a way to cross the fold and once they do that, they encounter um, some other situations that are quite interesting. So, what did you girls think of season one as a whole? Thoughts, opinions, tomatoes, tomatoes. You're such a dork. <laughs> I'll start. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I went. Yeah, I went into it without uh, high expectations, but yeah, I ended up loving it. Did it make you want to read the books? No. <laughs> no. It's, um, especially, I read the first book of Shadow and Bone, and it was all right. Oh, you did? Yeah. And then, when? Like a long time ago. You you okay. ended up spoiling the rest of the books for me. I mean, I'm sorry. But I asked, though, I asked you. No, 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 no. I asked you. <laughs> I feel like I, I, I've spoiled the end of the book out of spite for a lot of people. <laughs> But yeah. no, I, I I asked you how it ended. I I don't feel like reading them. Um, even the even the Six of Crows book. I started that book years ago, and I think I only read like six seven chapters, and it was okay. But no, I don't think I'm gonna go back. What about you, Seth? Um, well, I liked it overall. Um, I remember like in the chat, I was like talking to you girls, and I was like, um, I don't know how I feel about it. And that was like when I think I finished the first three or four episodes. And the only reason being is because I was very confused in the first few episodes to the point where like, I didn't know what was going on because I need to know where I'm at, like geographically. And Mm -hmm. I need to know like characters and like, I don't know. I just don't feel like they did a good job of like introducing the crows, which obviously that would be um, Jesper, Inej, and Kaz. And I feel like they kind of threw you. I personally thought like they kind of threw you in there expecting you to know everything and like they just kept throwing names left and right like Pekka and like this person and that person. No, but are the crows Jasper Inej and in, in, in company or was that just like a not not like a metaphor but like a comparison like oh I have my crows and like I care about you guys just as much as I, ha- I care about my crows because I do believe that there's actual crows in the books. Oh I don't know all I know is everyone just calls them the crows. And a six of crows um, obviously means the three of them plus Matthias, 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 Matthias Nina, and Nina, and then obviously Jesper's guy that uh, hopefully Love comes interest. in season two, and that's the six of them. Um, so yeah, Wylan, Wylan is his name. Um, yeah, so I, that's how I felt. But then I felt like the last four episodes, so like five to eight, did a really good job of like further explaining things and actually making me understand and like getting me invested um and yeah so overall I really enjoyed it but like more so I'm talking about the last four episodes um 
it's funny because I kind of feel exactly the same in the sense that the first four episodes were really disorienting for me, even as someone who has read the books. Yeah, you have. Um, I've read all three of the trilogy. Um, and you say you were lost geographically, and I feel like I can sort of understand that. For me, it was like temporality that was really weird in the in the first four episodes. I don't know if you guys noticed, but a lot of the time... That that mm-hmm. things were well. First of all, there's a lot of flashbacks in the first four episodes. Like a lot. Like they're really <laughs> going hardcore. Wait, which are you talking about the damn meadow? But not just that. There's just Ugh, there's constantly oh a back and forth between obviously yeah. the Kaz, Inez, Jasper crew and Alina's yeah. storyline. But the two are not happening at the same time. But yet they at are the showing time. them at the same time, but not telling you. So. Yeah. Sometimes you feel like, okay, so this action on one side is happening at the same time as this action on the other side. But turns out in the next scene, yeah. you realize that, no, that was actually like three hours ago or the day before. So I was constantly like yeah. lost on that front. I was like, I don't know what is happening where, when. But I, like you said, I do feel like from episode five on, that stopped. Like it's like things finally, well, probably because Kaz... Inej and Jasper were now in the same sort of uh, storyline as Alina and company. So, like, they were all in the same place, doing yeah. the same things. Well, no, but you know what I mean? So, I feel I feel like maybe that's what helped. But there was definitely something about how they did the two sides of the fold that didn't quite work in the beginning. Like, there was just something I from agree. a general audience perspective that didn't work. Um, but I also have, like, okay, I want to know how did you like the actors and the acting? Okay, this was another gripe of mine. Okay, Ben Barnes, I think, killed it as, um, Kerrigan, you know, let's just talk about, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the Darkling. He had that intense look, the raised chin, looking everyone down his nose. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, he killed it. Um, I thought... Um, the person who played Inej, Amita. Yes, she, did an she was great. Job. She was great. Um, Jasper, the guy that did Jasper, is like literally the embodiment of that character, and I don't even know that. that okay, I so he was my uh, little uh, little thing I wanted to say about, like talk about. Um, I didn't buy his character, and I don't know if it was the acting or what? if it was just the character as a whole, but I felt him highly irritating to the point where like I wanted to skip his scenes. I just felt like he wasn't a believable like jokester or like I just I don't know I didn't find him believable I he honestly irritated my whole family yeah that is so that's interesting weird because for me Jasper I was like oh my god he's literally perfect for the role like I loved him I loved his character I loved the Did actor you read that, that book? but no I didn't read the six of crows duology okay. but for me who didn't work and couldn't sell me on the character was the guy that plays played Kaz. Okay, I also thought I wasn't believing in Kaz because I was like, I obviously again I haven't read the duology, so I don't know how that character is supposed to come off as. Yeah. But to me, the actor that they chose looks too young, and he was acting it in a way that I wasn't buying his yeah. character. I was like, I want to like you, but there's just something off okay. here that I'm not quite liking. Okay, so the guy who plays um Kaz, Kaz, or is it Kaz? Kaz, sorry. Kaz, um Freddie Carter, he's actually like 28. 
Um, so I don't know. Like, he looks young, too. But do you think it's, like, the characters themselves? Because they're supposed to be, like, written for young adult readers. Um, do you think it's just because, like, their characters are, are supposed to be young? So, like, that whole idea of them, like, owning a gambling club or, like, them running that and, like, also murdering people. Like, do you think because they're so young and, like, because they have such a big presence, do you think that was the reason why you didn't buy into their characters or buy into his character? Uh, possibly, but I think just the acting for me, like, just the actor himself, how he was portraying the character. And, again, like, maybe this is something that the the fans of the book would say, like, no, he was perfect for the role. That's exactly how the character is supposed to come off as. But I'm just, I, I don't know. There was something off. What about you for as, me? as- for me, I think it was, I love him, but I think his acting was a little forced, was uh, Matthias. I think really? it was probably the accent, the way he no, like... No, he's my yeah, favorite! No, yeah, I loved him, but there was, like, at the beginning, when he was first introduced, like, there was something that was like, he needs a little work, or... No, I, don't know. I think him and Nina stole the show for me, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, Their chemistry, I like, I thought their acting was really well done, um, and their scenes were just amazing. I think I can see what you mean, as like I feel like the the accent sort of made him made it harder for him to uh, I don't know if he has an accent in real life or if that was all made up, but uh, I feel like it made it harder on him to act in those scenes. But in a weird way, I feel like the awkwardness of his accent sort of perfectly fit the character who was kind of that awkward uh, out of place man that like is you know stuck with this woman who's just completely outside of what he's used to type of thing so like I feel like in a weird way yes I can see your point and like at the same time I'm like but it kind of weirdly worked for what he was trying to go for if that Mm. makes sense yeah so so yeah I also feel like Kind of along the lines of, like, you know, we were lost as far as the time, the place, etc. I feel like there was a lot of details that the show, kind of like you said, Seth, expected you to know. So, yeah. one of the things is, and it's kind of all related to Kaz again. I don't, maybe, I don't know, but there was something about the Kaz character for me. <laughs> uh, one of those things is, like, the crows, the mm-hmm. crow club. Like, I was like, they never explain to you what that is. They just expect Mm -hmm. you to know that this is a huge thing when he he gives it away to the menagerie woman for Inej. Exactly. I'm like, this is supposed to be a huge moment. And I'm sure that for the book lovers, it's like, oh, my God, this is huge. But as, like, general audience, it's like, okay, like, am I supposed to be sad for him right now? Because we don't know. I was like, wait, did he own the club? Like, I was just kind of But what is the club? Like, first of all, what the fuck is the club? Like, that's my question. They never tell you. And then on top of that, there was this whole thing, which I love a character that can't or has an aversion Mm. to touch. And Kaz has that. But the show doesn't explain it to you. So I wouldn't know this if Twitter hadn't told me ahead of time that this is a thing about his character. But I'm like, I don't want to have to refer back to Twitter in order to understand a character. You know what I mean? So I feel like the scenes where... Um, there's a scene where Inej is like hurt and he can't touch her and like so, like supposedly and you can he's see old. his frustration. Well, yeah, but like if you don't know that his frustration comes from comes from the fact that he can't touch her and that's yeah. frustrating yes. to him, it's like you don't understand what the fuck he's trying to do. You know, You're, he yes. just looks like 
Steve. You know, he makes that, that face. Yeah. So taking like, a why shit. Are you, why do you have like a stink yeah. face right now? Like, like, yeah. It doesn't make sense. No, I, I agree with that. And I don't know if they're saving that for a season two reveal or something, but I felt like for the general audience to understand his character a bit more, I feel like that was something that they should have touched upon or even just have like, maybe like, teased a bit as to like actually like emphasize his aversion to touch because like I knew about it but like I watched it with my parents and my sister and they're like wait why doesn't he just go help her and it's like I think it's just because like they didn't do a good job of even like saying it they never even like used the words to be like yeah he can't touch people because he does like handshakes with people with his gloves but like all of a sudden he can't touch Inej with the same gloves so I just kind of was yeah, and then on that front. On the other uh, on the other hand, it's like so you have him which I just felt was sort of his character growth or building or whatever was weirdly done in the show, but then they can do it right because you have then Inej who it's like from the start we know she's never killed anyone and that's like a huge deal yeah. because she doesn't want to kill anyone. So then when she does kill someone, you do understand the importance of what she just did and like why she did it in that instance because she was trying to save him you know what I mean so it's like they can sort of do it but they didn't quite do it for Kaz it feels like like the character Mm -hmm. was just kind of there and people just it feels like the writers just assumed that like people would know you know yeah I agree I think a lot of the crow's storyline with assumption like they would they assumed that the audience would know what's going on with them and it caused me not to be as invested with their story as I wanted to be um minus Matthias and Nina because I love them um (laughs) but yeah that's that's how I felt as well man I wish I wish that storyline had had more time with Nina and me too and I I think for um the six of crows their story, I think yeah. I read somewhere that it it was kind of like a prequel introduction, like their story. Okay. That's a question of mine. That's a question of mine. Because I was really confused because, okay. So I may be remembering this completely wrong. I read the trilogy way, 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 way back. Yeah. Way back. <laughs> so it's kind of blurry in my head. But... I could have sworn that the whole, like, bone collar thing is a thing of the third novel and not the first one. So it felt to me like they were mixing in elements of the different books, but supposedly it's still just the storyline of the first Shadow book. and Bone. I was so confused. Yeah. I was like, are they doing all three books here? Like, or, or am I just remembering things wrong and the bone collar was a thing from book one? Yeah, I don't... I am unsure about that because like I said I didn't really finish the first book I have another question though you've read the trilogy did um Kaz and Naj and Jesper and like you know all the, the rest of the crows do they show up in no. the okay no <laughs> how did you feel about that well confused because I mean I didn't know like all along I was like is this the six of crows storyline that we're seeing happening here or is it not yeah and my one thing is like so they're the thing with the the six of crows characters it's like are they just constantly gonna go on heists is that like their only yeah. thing because their storyline in six of crows is, isn't it's that a like heist. a heist yeah. book 
And, yeah, and yeah, what yeah. they did in this one was a heist as well. And like now they're going off on another I, another heist. I'm like, this is gonna grow old real quick. But I feel, I feel like, like that was like a baby no? heist, like an intro baby heist, and then well, probably like the second season. Maybe, but yeah, that was like their first heist, it's and they haven't to... you know found their yeah. other three yet. I mean, they found Nina by the end, but I don't know. Yeah, so. So, yeah, I, I kept wondering, like, is this that storyline that's also, like, weaved into the Shadow and Bone? Like, are those books, like, did they, o- were they always happening at the same time and I just didn't know it type of thing? Like, Yeah, I don't know that either. But, but I have a, do you think that that's the end? Like, we won't see any more um, scenes together with, like, Mal, Alina, Kaz, Inej. Like, do you think we'll see any, like, crossovers again? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think so. I think, yeah. In the series? Yeah. Feels like that's how they're setting it up. Can we, uh, should we talk about the <laughs> the real thing here? <laughs> the, the big issue that's controversial? <laughs> what? The Mal Alina darkling uh, thing? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna vomit. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> about it, I guess. Okay. Can I preface this by saying, in the books... I hated Mal. He was the most boring-ass character I have ever read in any YA. I will say, I think they greatly improved his character. But that's the thing. They literally improved his character and rewrote his character. I'm not mad at it, though, because I would rather they rewrote a character who, in the books, came off as, like, someone who is asking Alina to change who she is and not to embrace who yeah. she is. Yeah. I like that they made that change because I do think it's important to not have that type of character and then say, hey, here's a love interest who literally uh, hates who you are type of yeah. thing and asks you to not be that yeah. person. So I'm not, like, I get it from a dark Lena point of view, which is what I think we all are, are at least I think so. S, are you a dark Lena? No, she's. Oh, okay. she is. She is. Okay. She's not. <laughs> I was like, "Are you?" <laughs> um, I get it that it's like upsetting because it's like I think that the show is going in the direction oh, that yeah. the books went in. I don't oh, think yeah. they're changing that, unfortunately. I don't think so either. But at the very least, I think that they made an effort to improve his character, improve yeah. their relationship, make it more palatable. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. They had moments where I was like, okay, because, you know, later on, I think it's, like, episode seven or eight or whatever. Yeah. uh, Mal and Alina have this conversation where she's like, are you scared of my powers? Are you scared of me? And Mal is like, no. And he's like, I just want you to be who you are type of thing. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. Yeah. And, like, he's very devoted to her. And it's, like, this sweet friends to lovers. It's not, you know, my favorite. But... I'm not mad at it. You know what I mean? No, like, I'm not yeah. going to go out in the streets with a pitchfork. <laughs> I I agree. I'm still hoping for a, a redemption, though, a Darkling redemption. I do think that that was the potential that was completely lost in the books. And that's the real thing that pisses me off. It's like, you don't have to kill off that character. Because he's such a great character. Like, he's just such a well-developed character. Okay, we're not talking about the Darkling yet. So, back on the subject of Mal and Alina, I think... I agree with you. I think the show did a good job of, like, like, I guess, making him more palatable, making him more just there, you know? He's literally just there. But I think they did a good job of showing 
a relationship between the two and actually like there are some instances where I felt like a bit of like pitter patter in my heart for them in the sense where like they had such a strong bond when they were kids and like that's all they've ever really known and like that they're each other's family because they're both orphans and I think they did a really good job of like developing that and showing that but I felt like they could have done with a little bit less flashbacks to the metal but they didn't necessarily have sexual chemistry i would say they had chemistry like friendship chemistry that was great but i didn't feel the like you know i want these two to kiss type of i kind of felt sibling (laughs) sibling bond vibes yeah Yeah. and i don't know if it's that's that's just due to the fact that maybe they don't see each other romantically as of yet i think alina does but then what happens with the Darkling kind of just puts that pushes that away. And maybe in season two and season three, maybe they will have that chemistry because maybe strictly right now they're just sibling slash friend right now. But don't to you each feel other. like that's kind of ridiculous? Like, at least from my point of view, it seems like both of them are like pining for each other type of thing. But I'm like, yeah, if you drag this out, I'm not going to believe it because they literally like, they're at the point where they would kiss. I'm not, like, cheering them on from the sidelines because I'm not feeling <laughs> the sexual chemistry between them. Yeah. But I can see that, like, from the character's point of view, I think that that's what they want to do. So I'm like, if you drag this True. out, I'm not going to believe it. What's standing in their way? Literally nothing. That's, like, the whole point of loving enemies to lovers. It's like there's so much between the characters mm-hmm. that is stopping them from actually doing the damn thing they want to do. But in this case, it's like, girl just go for it like what's you know what's stopping you clearly he loves you he literally like chased traveled the all over the world for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah so i don't know i think it's just like know. what i think is yeah. that she developed real strong feelings for mr alexander there that she was like actually i have strong feelings so i'm gonna have to work through that myself um, and then I'll look at them. Yeah. I kind of, they have me wanting just a great friendship. Like, male-female yeah. friendship that doesn't turn sexual. That's, like, that's the energy they give me. It's do you like, really yeah, think, I'm here for this. Besties, do you really yeah. think Lee Bardugo would let that happen? No, because she hates the Darkling. Yeah. And she <laughs> would want Melina to happen. Well, she's the the number one Melina stan. She oh. made it happen in her own books, so. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why I think obviously they will happen. But I honestly, like you said, they don't have sexual chemistry, which makes me think they'll force them to be together. Despite them not having that chemistry. But again, it's something that could be worked on. And, you know, you know, you can develop that, I guess. Speaking of um, couples and chemistry, though, I might be in the minority here. But I did not think Inej and Kaz had any chemistry whatsoever. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't feel it either. Yeah, I can not. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think I agree with that. And I'm really sad because I really wanted to ship them, and I do like I ship their characters, but I wish they had that chemistry. I think the only reason why I would say I'm still rooting for them is because it is complex between them. Like there are, like that's that's. I think this, this bottom line is why I don't like friends to lovers. It's like. I like relationships in books that have a sort of complexity to them. It's like they want something, but they can't because X, Y, Z thing is stopping them from 
doing it type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though obviously Kaz and Inej are not like enemies to lovers or anything, there are things standing between them mm-hmm. that is stop are stopping them from from actually going there. And so yeah. I'm still like rooting for them because I'm yeah. like I do want them to get over those things. I mean, we talk about the monsters all the time. Like it, this mm-hmm. is that's that for me. Like it's like it's that thing that's standing yeah. between them. But I agree with you that like I don't necessarily think that they had chemistry on that front. But if I, you know, forget about chemistry and stuff, like just purely just the characters as yeah. they are and like the idea of them, I guess, is interesting. Like I'm into it. Yeah, for sure. And I think the relationship has many facets and like many sides to it that I honestly think, hopefully without the chemistry, that they're able to portray a very good relationship. And I think they will. I think they have the ability to do that. And especially, I love the yeah. girl who plays Inej, Amita. I think she's amazing. Mm. So, because it's so we'll interesting. See. Like, obviously, Kaz sort of owns her in a way, and he's mm-hmm. got to pay off that thing. Because yeah. then, like, obviously, I don't think they will enter like a proper relationship until that's done. No, I was just gonna say they also need to overcome their past traumas. Also, yeah. his touch. Like, he can't touch her. That's obviously yeah. not easy in a relationship. So, like, I I like those things. I'm interested yeah. in those things. Like, I'm rooting Me for the too. actors to like figure out chemistry between them because yes! I want to be like, yes. Because <laughs> I, whenever Matthias and Matthias, whatever his, yeah. name, how do you say it? Matthias. How do you pronounce it? I think it's with a. H. Matthias. 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 Okay. Whenever Matthias and Nina came on, my smile oh. just like, yeah. you know, it just popped. Like I just couldn't stop watching the screen with those two, and like same with like um, the Darkling and Alina. I couldn't stop watching them because of that magnetic chemistry. I fucking loved Nina. Like she is my favorite yeah. kind of character. She's so like, great. Female character. I I don't know if this is weird, but I was like. She would be great in, like, an Immortals After Dark TV series. Oh, She's yeah. She's the perfect yes. dose of, like, fiery, but, like, badass, but, like, ladylike. But, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I was, like, trying to corrupt Mr. Like, virgin boy that's so yeah. close-minded. Oh, yeah. I love her. Yeah, I agree with that. She would so suit Immortals After Casting Dark. Casting the Immortals After Dark TV series starting now. <laughs> Um, can we talk about, maybe we should probably talk about Alina as a character. Like, she's probably the main character. (laughs) We haven't really said anything. How did you feel about her? Silence. Crickets. (laughs) Crickets. I feel like she was great. I don't think I have anything, like, not bad to say about her. You have anything good to say about her? (laughs) (laughs) Kidding, I'm kidding. Um, you are so mean sometimes. No, I was just asking. What? I don't hate her, guys, okay? You sure? Sure. I don't. I, I honestly, I don't. I just wanted to say that. No, I feel like she was a great character. Do you have issues with her? Was there any, like, little issues that you had? Marge. Yeah, what did you think about her? Again, crickets. Okay, for me, even in the books, Alina was never the most interestingly constructed character mm-hmm. however and maybe this is my darklina side coming out but 
I do feel like she's most interesting when she's with the Darkling. Yes. Like, th- that whole phase, and I would say the same of the books, like, that whole phase of the story where she's sort of starting to learn about her powers and she's mm-hmm. sort of feeling really... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? No, like, she's feeling very... um, Overwhelmed. Why am I trying to read your mind? (laughs) Well, well, please read my mind, because I can't think of the word. Uh, No, she's, like, she's feeling powerful and, like... Confident? Yes, we'll go with that. It's not the word I was looking for, but it will work. She's, you know, like, she's sort of building a sort of confidence in herself and Mm -hmm. who she is. She's discovering a new part of herself. She's sort of exploring that darkness. She's got, like, that exciting thing on the side with, like, the darkling and, like, ooh, the potential of what we could do together of this new life that I never imagined for myself because I never would have had access to it before. Yeah that's the interesting part for me with her character. That's mm-hmm. where, for me, she shines. And I'm like, yes, here I'm fully on board. Everywhere else, I'm like, eh. I mean, you're there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah. And I don't want to hate because I don't think she's a bad character. I think maybe it's just not the type of character that I personally connect with or find interesting in my literature. But, no. you know... You literally said what I wanted to say, and that's all I like. I don't think her, think of her as a bad character. I just don't think her an interesting character for me. Like in my opinion, um, she's a great girl. Like she is honestly like a great person, and like everyone, she struggles with that darkness. Um, and in this case, it's a person for her. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, like, that's literally all I could say about her. And I don't want to repeat what Marge said, but that's exactly what I felt. Speaking of you saying she's a great person, I do have a question. Episode one, she um, she learns that Mal has been put on the skiff that's going to cross the fold. And so she burns the maps to be put on the fold too, uh, on the skiff too, so that she would be with Mal. Yeah. What happens is that that puts... All of her crew on the skiff as well in danger, and some of them die. Yeah, most. How of them did die. you feel about that? Because I was like, that is a bold ass move. Because it, you're starting off <laughs> the season yeah. that way. Like this is our heroine, and she because... starts off killing everyone off because she wanted to be with her boyfriend. That's not her boyfriend. But she didn't Yikes. know. Well, she didn't know. Sure, but like. She didn't know. That's true. That that is true. Yeah, she but... just honestly thought she would be the only one going on that skiff. And that sadly wasn't the case. But she didn't try to stop though. She didn't try to stop the crew. But it doesn't even feel like she really regretted it afterwards. No. And that's my issue. Like if if we had if we had like a scene where you see just yeah. how heavy the 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 regret and like the that guilt. maybe she's blaming her yeah and she's yeah. blaming herself for the death of her crew because she knows that she's the reason why they were put on the thing I but agree. no there's almost like a smile on her face before they they board the skiff obviously yeah. she doesn't know that they're gonna die but like she learns that all her crew is gonna be on the skiff too and then someone says they're walking together and someone says like how did this happen like and, and there's almost like a smile on her face and then i'm like girl yeah. You know this is dangerous. That's the whole reason why you wanted to be on the skiff with Mao, because you know it's dangerous. And then mm-hmm. turns out all your crew's going and like smiling. I don't know. Like I needed a moment. It was, it was a bit of a yeah. selfish, selfish yeah. came off that moment. Way. And even after when everyone kind of died, 
like you said, there wasn't really a scene after that too to for her to like show her guilt and like the only reason why they were on that skiff was because of her. And I don't think this show, at least like what I'm remembering, I don't know if they really showed the after effect of things. Like they never even showed Alina's like reaction when she's alone. Um, they did. Uh, oh, you mean uh, concerning the the crew dying? No, no, no. Um, like that, but also like with um the darkling after like after the fact like they showed her like they do i have a note on that like when she first enters her room that night that first night in the little palace she burst into tears and that was clearly like overwhelmed just emotions catching up with her i'm talking like when she finds out that the darkling is in fact the darkling and he's a black heretic yes no i agree with that All she said to Mal was, Mal, I made some stupid decisions in the little palace, and that was it. And he's like, oh, don't worry. I don't need any answers from you. And that was it. Well, I do like that Mal said that. I do like that Mal is like, you don't need to explain yourself to me. Because that's not Book Mal. Book Mal will be like, why the fuck did you do that, you dumbass hoe? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't be like that. So I was like, okay, points for you, Mal. No, and I, I liked that Mal said that. But she never, yeah, she doesn't owe him anything because you guys are, like, just friends. You're her brother. And, and this is not this is not the actors, obviously. I do think that the writing did no. not let the characters yeah. process their emotions enough because yeah. the pace was just going too fast. Even and I don't know if you guys noticed, but even in the part where um the Darkling's backstory is happening, yeah. like his love just died and he's all like, you know, emotional but then like cut to next scene and obviously she just died still but then he's talking to his mom and it's like he doesn't sound like anything's really happening so i'm like clearly the writing something's wrong so that was confused on that part was it his lover yeah Uh, i mean i guess i think okay like you said marge he didn't show any like reaction to that i think for like ben barnes i think it could have been like the way he acted that scene but it was all in like his little like facial expressions like he has little instances where like little like minute facial expressions that portray like his emotions and like you could see like the devastation after like he realized she was dead and i think he perfected that but the other actors did not no, right after, yes, it's with the mom. When he's talking to his mother, I feel like the writing didn't let him. Because still he's full be of grieving. anger at that point. Because think about it. It's like you won this war for this king. All of a sudden, he's coming to attack you and kill you. And then you're like, what the hell? I need to protect my people. And like his mom is like, you're the only one that can do it because you're the only one that has that power. So he takes I don't know. on. He's like. He goes to his mom's room. He sits on her bed, all like you know, cozy and stuff. They have this like calm conversation together. I'm like, boy, did your lover just die? Or like, cause you were crying five seconds ago, and now you're acting normal. And again, I don't think this is Ben Barnes' fault. I think it's the writing. The writing. Cause the yeah. why did the writers have to put that scene that way and have that dialogue that makes it sound or makes it really difficult? For the actor to still be grieving while supposedly having a normal conversation with someone. I mean, I could see that, but I honestly think that they kind of portrayed what they could in the time that they were given um, for the flashback. But I do agree. I think a lot of scenes moved quickly and you don't see a lot of reactions from the, the characters themselves because, like... I don't know. Like, even back to the crows, you don't really see Inezha's reaction. Like, you, she mentions it, and, like, she kind of talks about it. 
um, about like, you know, Kaz giving away his club like this collateral to Helen, like the, the menagerie person. And like, but we don't really see like her reaction. And I think it's because of the show's pacing. They tried to well, fit it's too a, much. It's a balance in, like, yeah. a show like this that's, like, fantasy. And you have to balance the fantasy action and then the characters. I do think that they haven't quite reached the balance yet. It's, it was yeah. more heavy on the, like, here's action, 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 action. Than, like, here's a, you know, moment of this character just being themselves, you know, and just living their emotions and processing them and stuff. Yeah. Which I do feel is, like, something that oftentimes in action movies and stuff, I just miss out on. Like, I'm here for the characters. This oh, is what's yeah. interesting to me. Like, I need to see them be human and not just, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. And that's why I just love reading fantasy because I feel like yeah. they obviously have enough pages to yeah. portray, you know, reactions or, like, emotions and emotional depth that sometimes tv shows and movies just can't portray uh can we talk about the, the can we talk about that kiss let me just tell you i know the show is like oh melina blah blah blah, blah. did melina kiss <laughs> no 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 did darklina kiss twice yeah. thrice if you count that like comeback kiss when dun, yeah. dun, 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 oh, that could be improvised he improvised that kiss i Hello. know i was like okay then burns I'm here for this. Okay, how about we talk about Dark Lena as a whole? Because okay. I think they Let's had such it. great scenes. They yeah. did. And I, sure, I think you could chalk it up to him manipulating her, but I don't think he was manipulating her for most of it. At least not in well, the beginning. It didn't seem that way in the beginning. At the, in the beginning, yes, it did. No, but I think he got I, to know her. It did or it didn't? You guys oh. are saying two different things. Oh, shit, things. shit, shit. I, I heard it did. I think at the beginning, like, when they first met, I think, yeah, he was manipulating her. But then as he got to know her, I think he realized that, wait, we actually are very similar. And he ended up bonding with her in a way I don't think he ever planned to bond with her. But you said it didn't seem like that in the beginning. At least for me, it didn't seem that way uh, in the beginning. Later on, it did. It seemed very manipulative. If once he didn't get his way or whatever. I feel like I agree with this. I feel like he's just... I do think he's being manipulative towards yeah. the end, but he's a villain. Like, what mm -hmm. else do you expect him to be? You know what I mean? But... Yeah. I do think that his manipulative ways at that point come from his disappointment and anger that mm -hmm. this is happening again and again and again and like no one is ever on his side which you know is a villain thing what i'm talking about like in the beginning it didn't feel genuine and like it was more manipulation is like when they met in the tent and then going up to like um the scene when they're like taking a rest from the horse like up until that point i don't think was genuine it was like actual manipulation and then later on, I think after that scene where he tells her she's not alone, I think he recognizes, like in that scene itself, he recognizes their uniqueness and their ability to be like, why? Why are you smiling? Because I know that S is not going to understand, but fuck, they had a you are not alone, neither are you fucking scene. I know! I literally jumped out of my chair and I was like, what the hell? This is me and my ship <laughs> dynamic. I was like, not again. Not again. Yeah, yeah, that was me. That was me. Um, but yeah, up until that point, I think when she finally like confided in him, 
that's when that shift happened. And I think he still tried to be manipulative, but he kind of couldn't do that because he felt that bond with her growing. Um, and then afterwards, when it didn't go to plan, like you girls said, I think, honestly, it was just like a shunned lover being angry and disappointed and just and like he just looks at the unfairness of it. Make me your villain. It's a good line. We gotta it's such a good it's line. A good line. <laughs> it's such a good line. I'm like, but, fuck yes, I'm making you my villain. Yeah, he was so hot. And like the way he delivered Ben Barnes, the way he delivered that line. Oh, I my know. gosh. But, okay, I do have... A question, though, on the Dark Lena front, because the books feel very much like, haha, you thought this was a good character. Well, no, little girl, you should never go for that dark man because blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, very, like, trying to be moralistic in that way and, like, tell you what you should like and what you shouldn't like because you're bad for wanting that. Did you feel like that came across in the show as well? Because I think I do. You think it did? Like it, I think it did a little bit. Like, in some parts towards, like, the last three episodes, I was like, stop telling me I don't need to like this character. I don't know. I got, like, a little frustrated on that I front. I pick up on that. I didn't feel no. that. I mean, I, I felt it at home with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> what did your dad say? Sephra, this is not the kind of man you should love. Yeah, you, just, like, you always <laughs> like the villain, and they always end up dying. And I was like, dad, let me live. <laughs> At least he was saying it, you know, because they always die. So he was just caring know, he was for you because he knows, me. he knows you're going to be brokenhearted again. Yeah, he had to live through the Ben Solo grief <laughs> process with me. Me constantly crying, randomly shedding tears on the couch. And my parents like, what the hell? I feel like the only moment where I, I didn't feel that way and I was like, okay, maybe this is like residual. From the book? Feelings from the books that I'm feeling and not necessarily the show is because they chose specifically and i thought this was an interesting choice they they chose to put his backstory of how the fold was created in episode i think it was seven yeah it was episode seven so this is really late you know they could have done it in the beginning and then you know you sort of forget about it because you know you think that he's sort of a good guy or just trying to get something done or whatever you don't think he's evil and blah blah but no, they chose to put his backstory in the episodes where he's slowly degrading <laughs> into more and more evil. So that made me sort of think, okay, maybe they're tr- they they put it there because they know that you're going to start disliking him. So they want to remind you, like, there's more to this character than just that. Yeah. Um, how I saw it was episode five, like the end of episode five is when you discover oh my gosh, he is the Darkling. He is the black heretic that created the fold. He's this big villain, rah, rah, rah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think they included the flashback. I honestly was not expecting any flashbacks at all in this season. Me either. Um, And I think they, yeah, of him, of him. And I don't think, I think it was on purpose. I think they still want you to sympathize and empathize with this character when they showed you that in episode seven. Um, Because that... (laughs) It was episode eight that he puts the collar on, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think the no, whole reason. end of seven. episode seven. Oh, ep- yeah, end of seven. episode seven. Okay. So like, I think the reason why the flashback was in there so that we see his story and like we see his struggle and like how far he's turned and like what he's gone through and what he constantly goes through. Um, 
So you empathize with this character. That's literally it. And I think the show, I don't know if it was just me watching as someone who didn't read the series. Like, I've only read a part, like, I don't know, like three quarters of the first book. Um, so I honestly saw his character. Like, he was a villain for sure. Like, he was manipulative. He, like, hurt Alina in ways that, like, obviously, you know, you shouldn't hurt someone you love in that way. Um, but I saw him more as, like, a political leader. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, his actions are politically justified. I don't think he loves her at that point. I think he wants her. He's fascinated by who she is and what she could bring him. And he wants that. But I don't think he's actually in love. And I think that's the whole reason why he's still villainous towards her. Okay, I thought that up until the point where he tells Mal, it might take 50 years, but I know she will forgive me. I think just the fact... Just the idea of him wanting her forgiveness, for me, shows that he feels strong feelings for her. Maybe it might not be love, like you said, not yet, but he has that, like, mentality that, like, I need to earn her forgiveness. And, like, obviously, like, it doesn't go according to plan, which is why he, like, retaliates and tells her, fine, make me your villain, and continues to, like, back, like... Is it backlash? Like, give her backlash? I don't know what I'm trying to say. But, like, she he continues to, like lash out there you go in ways that continue to hurt her because of his shunned lover mentality i don't think that that's how i read that line the she'll even if it takes 50 years she'll she'll forgive me i think that was like him being really arrogant and being like she'll forget what i did because that's what they always do type of thing and like she'll have no choice because she'll have only me by that point i think he's still very much in like his villainous uh state of mind Because to me, the pining hero who wants forgiveness and knows that he's got to earn it, knows that the actions will come from him. What he says is still very much, she will forgive me. And he's not saying, I'm planning to change who I am. I'm planning to do better. I'm planning to do this. It's still very much like, she will forgive me, not I will earn that forgiveness. So. I don't think that comes from a place of love. I still think it comes from a place of I want you type of thing. Mm -hmm. I think that when he gets there, if they change that and they make him go there, I don't know. Let's just, you know, live in this dark clean (laughs) fantasy that it's happening. Let's hold. Let's put it out there. Let's hold. (laughs) Let's put it out there. That's right. (laughs) Changitos, let's Um, hope that it happens. If it does, I do think that we will need to see that shift from I want this and you will give it to me to I need this and I will earn it. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. But then I honestly think it comes from Ben Barnes' acting, though. Because, like, if you just, like, rewatch the scene where, like, they're talking about the caller, like, he's heartbroken. Like, his emotions when he realizes he's not getting her forgiveness. He had a little moment. I saw that. He yes. is tearing up. He is crying. And, like, his hand, like... He's like, I don't want to do this. Like, it's so bad. But, like, when she puts his ha- like his hand on her collar that he forced into her skin and, like, she let, like she pulls away, his hand is still there. Like, it's kind of just, like, hanging there, like, still touching, like, the ghost of her chest or whatever. And, like, his forehead is all scrunched up and he's tearing up. And, like, damn, that's why I feel like the Darkling loves her because of Ben Barnes' acting ability. But- <laughs> I also feel like in a screwed up way for the Darkling, 
like this is a connection between them which he craves like he yeah. he he craves some someone who understands them and who he feels connected connected with and because at that point she refused the connection with him mm-hmm. he's sort of imposing it on her and like he doesn't want to i don't think he does he definitely has like a moment in his eyes where you see that this is not how he planned it to be but mm-hmm. In a screwed up way, he's like, but then I'll be connected to her again, type of thing. Like, yeah, she'll be mine again, type of thing. I hate that that makes me weak, and I know that it's wrong. I know. <laughs> um, I mean, girl, we've talked about Lothair, of all people, yeah. on this podcast. I think we're fine. Actually, the Lothair episode has not come out by the point this, by the time no, this comes out, but not. you'll see. <laughs> you'll see. It has not. But I don't know where I want to, like, go with this. I just feel like... He's just a man that's lived for so long. And, like, we've talked about immortality enough times on this podcast. And we know that being immortal and not, like, you know, having an expiration date or, like, you know, you don't know when you're going to die. Like, it kind of skews your, more like, I guess, morality. And, like, you no longer value the same things that a, a mortal would. And I just feel like he is very much skewed in his moral compass. And that's due to the fact of, like, everything that's happened and, like, how many lives he's lost. Like, I, I don't know. And I don't know if it's just his genuine thinking that he's doing something that's right. The thing is, those characters don't make me want to be manipulated by by them. They make me want to be bad with them. That's, like, a huge difference. <laughs> that's your villain like. fucker talking, okay? I'm a villain fucker, all right? Like, yeah, I'm- girl, same. I'm proud of it. All right. Yeah. I'm unapologetic. But I do think that that's a difference. I feel like that's a, a huge difference that people don't necessarily understand when, like, they don't understand the whole, like, oh, I love villains t- thing. No shame to Alina, but I'm just not her. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Although Alina did say, you never gave me a choice. And, like, that was a problem. I honestly think she would have went with him and sided with him and, like, made Darkling babies with him um, if he explained his plans. Because yeah. she had said, yeah. we could have had this if only you trusted me. Like, I don't know if she said if you trusted me, but they could have had that if he let her in. And I think that's when he started realizing, oh, like, I fucked up. Like, I fucked up yeah. big because I could have had her. So I think that was the moment that you were talking about, Seth, where, like, his yeah. acting, where he was just kind of, like... I think so, yeah. Yeah. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. If he had told her his plan from the start, and they had gone on their merry way, do you think he, w- he would have agreed to destroy the fold? Because I think, yes. And I think that yeah. the whole reason why he tries to expend it is because... Once again, someone who he thought was on his side turned against him. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I think that had he been honest with her and explained it and had she, you know, stayed with him and stuff, I think that together they would have destroyed it. I, I think that he wouldn't have seen a need for it to stay because he now has someone on his side and that's enough for him. I agree. I honestly 100% agree. If he had spoken the truth and confided in her and let her in, they might have been, you know, doing things a bit differently. Um, because, okay, look at his his motive. Like, his ultimate goal isn't bad. He is not at all, like, 
his like what he envisions for his people the grisha isn't bad he just don't he doesn't want them to get like slaughtered he doesn't want them to like become like prisoners or what like whatever like he doesn't want them to die he wants to protect his people and his people are the grisha and it's not a bad like end goal to have he wants to protect his people and he sees zlatan like the leader of like whatever country that was trying to kill alina and like he honestly is like what the hell i'm gonna kill you and obviously yeah he ends up expanding he ends up expanding the fold and killing innocent people, sure. But he ends up killing the one person that's been threatening sure. the life of his, the person he seems to want to spend the rest of his life with. Um, how you shrugged that off. No, I mean, it's sad. Poor Zoya. Her family obviously died in that fold expansion. Don't Can you stop laughing? Going. I was just trying to make a point that his... Uh, you're making the point. Keep keep okay. making the point. I was just saying, his end goal wasn't bad. It's just the way he went about it was not the greatest. I mean, that's villains to a T. It's just they usually have a pretty decent end goal. They're just going about it in the wrongest of ways. <laughs> because, and, and that's an interesting thing I thought about the show. It's like, no one is really right. Yeah. No one is in the right. Uh, it's obvious that, uh, you know, the non-Grisha are, you know, sort of trying to oppress the Grisha and, like, you know, treating them as monsters or as, mm -hmm. you know, lesser than or animals, I think, at some point someone even said. So, from that point of view, you understand the Darklands... Uh, you know perspective because you're like well yeah you want to protect your people because you're sick and tired of them being killed off and plus yeah. this you know all your life your thousands and thousands of years you've been used by king after king after king mm -hmm. and then they never gave back and returned and kept on treating you like shite i get that but then you also understand obviously that like he's doing it completely wrong and like <laughs> so i i just i liked yeah. the ambiguity that was there yeah. and i thought that, that was well done because you do see both sides and you do see that both sides are in the wrong and doing the wrong things and going about it wrongly so i do appreciate a little ambiguity yeah and like okay for me i'm going back to like the end scene in episode eight um where he kind of collects all of these um world leaders or, like, people of, like, other courts in other countries, and puts them on a skiff. And then they end up witnessing the power of the Grisha. And at first, it's, like, it scares them, and, like, it kind of makes them, like, take a step back. But, like, that was on purpose. He wanted them to fear the Grisha. And it kind of sucked that it backfired on him because it was a good plan. It would have caused other countries and other factions of people to take a step back and not attack you know, the Grisha. And it was a smart plan until, you know, shit hit the fan and, you know, they all died and he was like, gotta do this demonstration again. Ugh. You know, he kind of got mad, obviously. I remember that scene because I remember thinking, because like his whole speech, I was like, yes, this is great. This is makes sense. It makes perfect sense what you're doing. I get it. And yeah. then he went just like one step further and I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Where he says, like, and now we will rule all of you type of thing. And I was yeah. like, that was one step too far. That's that's the villain speaking. Because everything before, I was like, yeah, I'm on board with this. This makes sense. This is totally reasonable. 
<laughs> but then it also comes from like an immense like hatred for like people without powers because of how his people were treated. I'm not justifying him. I'm just trying to We're totally justifying him. It's I know, I know, I know. He's fictional. <laughs> I'm just trying to like. No one really died, everyone. No one died. No, no one. No, they is all real. died brutally, and I'm sorry for that. They're not Honestly, real. my heart goes out, and like, I'm sorry for your families. I am sorry, but all I'm saying is his plan was just. It honestly made sense, and for him to protect his people, and obviously, like, imagine all of your people like dying and like brutally slaughtered in the street. Like, of course, you're gonna be hateful towards like the people that you know, I guess they're descendants, you know, they're the reason why this stuff happened. And this is why there is a segregation between the Grisha and like the people that are not magical. And like, I understand it. And then Alina and her gang kind of indirectly caused more years of this war because of like how that situation was handled. I'm not justifying the Darkling. I don't know what I'm doing. Just delete I just this whole want, talk. Well, I am, and I don't care. Embrace I'm it, just, I just want to point out that he's not... Have you noticed that he is good towards his people? No, he's not. Yeah, he's not bad towards them. He's, he's not he's good, a good, but he's general. not bad. He's only he's bad when he's bad. angry about he's, Alina. He treats them right. I mean, that whole scene with David, when David is, like, raising his hand, and he's like, this is so dumb, yeah, but he's that like, yes, so- David. Like, you see that, like, he cares about his yeah. people. He's not, like, full-on evil where he's torturing them for the sake of it. And, like, exactly. being like, ha, 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 I am the leader of everyone and everything. Yeah. Like, that's not what he's doing. He's, like, and clearly fine with he's his not, people. He's not a dictator because he could have ignored David. <laughs> I know it's a small thing. He could have ignored David, but he didn't. We love David. And he even you know? listens to, like, that cute guy. What's his name? Fjord? Fjordor? Fjordor, yeah. Whatever yeah. his name is. He even listens to that guy's, like, you know, spew nonsense most of the time until, like, you know, he's trying to find Alina and he's like, shut up. Just tell me what you know. That's it. That's, like, I feel like the worst thing he's ever done or said to his people. Minus like, Alina. N- and, like, Nina goes missing and, like, you can see he's, like, genuinely worried about what might have happened to, to Nina. Like, I don't yeah. think... I don't see him as being, uh, you know, as mistreating his people or in any way, shape, or form or abusing his authority over them. Like, I do think he's, like, a... He's a good general. I do have a question, though. Like, the whole Jenya plot, um, you know, like, she's very much on the Darkling side. Like, she supports him and, like, obviously he, like, looks out for her. But then Alina says something along the lines of, like, um, like, you don't know what you've put her through, like, with the king. But, like, that's not really his fault of like the king's actions right like what was the king really doing to her was he like you know raping her yeah using her right i think he was raping her yeah i don't think that that was his fault i think he okay from what i've gathered with what i just said the way he treats his people etc i do think that how it probably went down was he gave her a choice you could become this and become a spy for me. And the way that she explains it is, I had no choice. You would have done the same thing in my place. I had to become this because I had, in the sense that she had no choice, like, she had to. And how would he know that type of thing? Like, I don't think it's on him. I think okay. she made that choice. And, you know, to save herself, she's she's fine with it. Yeah. So what do you think 
this is going back to Alina in the beginning where she kind of gets everybody on the skiff, all her friends, and she doesn't seem, like, guilty. But, yeah, yeah she's kind of being harsh on Jenny. True. Like, look at us spitting right? out facts. Yeah. Bitch yeah, was being a little true. selfish, and she was being really hard on Jenya, but she doesn't really know the deep, like, yep. what went on with her growing up, you, you know? Yeah, that yeah. is so true, us. I think that by the end of that conversation, Alina had sort of realized that, that she was sort of being harsh on someone without really needing to be or whatnot, but I don't know. That's true. That is true. I feel like in a lot of cases, um, you look at other people's actions more harshly than your own. So I honestly don't even think she made that connection with what she did with her own cartography people and the Darkling and Jenya and everyone else, like every other spy that he's in, like put in places. Like, I honestly don't think she's made that connection. Um, moving on from the Darkling, sadly, um, I do want to point out there was this like interesting conversation between... Kaz and Inej about faith and should it change or impact their mission or not how did you feel about that conversation because I thought it was really interesting to have that in the show to have someone who has the faith and like is like this is this is um what's the word I'm looking for interfering with my job and I can't do it anymore and Kaz was really like there's no such thing like you're just being ridiculous we got to get this done like just being just be realistic blah 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 blah. how did you feel about that conversation I mean I didn't see it bad I like the fact that there was someone that didn't quite believe and then kind of towards the end he kind of realized like you know what like he kind of became a believer in a way I liked seeing yeah I think uh, I liked seeing the two different sides of it and I liked seeing Inej like, such a strong believer, despite everything that's happened to her, she's still such a strong believer in the faith. And, you know, I feel like in a lot of situations and in a lot of books, movies, TV shows, you don't really see a lot of people that are strong with their belief in their faith. And I think it was really great to see that um, for Inej, despite everything that happened to her. But then you have the other side of Kaz, who, because of everything that's happened to him, he no longer believes in, like, anything. And he only believes yeah. in himself and Inej and in Jesper, and that's it. And I think that's interesting to have the two characters like that interact and talk about faith and talk about yeah. why Alina is important and what she stands for is important. And I liked that they did that between the two of them. Yeah, that's that. That was exactly what I thought. Like, I think it's interesting to and important to see that because that's just the real world and I feel yeah. like oftentimes in the real world it's like two people will argue you know one is has the has faith in whatever religion and someone else doesn't and then it just goes up in flames you know it's just yeah. so I I liked how they did it where it wasn't like yeah sure there was a little bit of a cold between them for like half a second but they were capable of like moving on and moving past and being like you know what like we're just gonna be different on that front which I guess later on Kaz was like oh I believe but like you know like I <laughs> like I liked that that was there and yeah. I agree that it's not something we see often and I think that we could learn a thing or two from that I, I like that it was there I just wanted to mention it because 
I don't know. Like, I, I wasn't expecting a conversation about faith and, mm-hmm. you know. And I also liked that they both listened to one another. And, like, they didn't yeah. judge one another about their lack of faith or their, you know, the value they put in their faith. Um, so, yeah, I really liked that. And I like how it was handled. I like the scene where um, the Darkling, when they're with the king and the queen, and then... yeah. Uh, Alina shows her power, and then yeah. Kaz is like, "There's like you're gonna see the reflecting lights yeah. with the chandelier." And then she kind of looks at it and she moves away. And then towards the end, like once Alina does her thing, um, everybody goes uh, Santa Alina. Like I got chills during that scene. Yeah, because like was such she a had like tears scene. in her eyes. And look at yeah. my man, Darkling, like introducing her like that. Mm, <laughs> uh, and the way he didn't even <laughs> like close his eyes and he just watched her and all of her. Yeah sunlighty glory was, i was like damn was in awe of her i mean come on like just seeing a man get a heart on for a powerful woman <laughs> come on like there's nothing that beats that yeah you know what had me laughing and i know i shouldn't have been laughing at that point okay you know when he left and then alina and bagra had their discussion about him being a black heretic and she like dips and leaves this man, when he comes in, still thinks she's there, obviously. This man goes to his bedroom and is actually, like, smirking. Did he think she was in there or something? It was honestly, like, I was dead. <laughs> he had an actual smirk on, and I was dying. Like, no, she left. She left. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get laid. I'm sorry. That was funny. Oh, yeah. I mean, after that kiss, I'd be like, Bagra, I'm sorry, but I'm not that good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going back. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, uh, that whole that whole sequence was great. It was great, great, but also sad when he realized she's gone. But I mean, justifiably, she had to leave. I we understand. It. We could have yeah. gotten the sex scene. Like, they, come on. Yeah. Know? Like, just fit in a sex scene before Bagra, you know, shits on <laughs> our parade. <laughs> yeah. like, come on. Like, they were almost more. there. They were like on the war table room, whatever, and. Legs okay. were going places and hands were going places. A hand touched a boob. I didn't know. He that. grabbed and... her titty real hard. And I love that he asked for consent too. He's like, are you sure? <sighs> Anyways. Oh, wait, are we not done yet? Well, I just wanted to uh, mention a very funny scene. Uh, did you notice that uh, Matthias and Nina were completely laughing in the face of Rose and Jack? <laughs> in that yeah! water the, yeah. <laughs> with the door. <laughs> I was like, is this a titanic redo like we're laughing like we could have both been on that door and they both (laughs) fit on that door yeah fit on the fucking door yeah their whole all of their scenes were so good i rewatched all the i I rewatched all of their scenes all the time how did it make sense like how how could he swim quote unquote swim in this like ocean that's like stormy and shit i was like they ain't going nowhere they (laughs) weren't even moving (laughs) i was dying (laughs) but i was like you know what matthias you you swim i'll just admire (laughs) yeah all right one thing to end this off i just had a question if you were a grisha what power would you want and to remind you there's the corporal key, which includes the heart renders, the etherealial key. Are you sure you want to say the names? <laughs> Actually, no, I won't. Um, so this includes, like, you know, the elements, you know, like the airbending and the, the fire people and 
Yeah. All that. And, yeah. And then there's the materialki, which, like, includes, like, David. Make things. Yeah. Yeah. With, like, the fabricators and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> so what what power wait, would you like? Wait, wait. Are we allowed to be a sun summoner or a shadow summoner, too? I mean, I would love to be a shadow it. summoner, but um, I don't know. If not... I would want to be. I'd be. I. I want to be part of the Fire Nation. So I get Zuko. <laughs> oh wait, Zuko. wrong series. We're <laughs> so on brand. Um, or like a heart render. I feel like I'd like to be a heart. They're really render. cool. Yeah. Like a seductress, you know, Alanina. Yeah. That's that's who I want to be. <laughs> I think whatever Jenya is, she's what a corporal. She's a tailor, but- so she was a corporal key. To have her powers to go and yeah. fix up makeup and, like... <laughs> I feel like yeah. I'd get obsessed. Yeah, I think <laughs> I I'd be like, too into my I feel like I'd f- I would point. forget my own face, you know? I, I thought that was cool, though. That she was able to change yeah. faces and all that. I don't know. I mean, like, it could be a good thing, but it also, yeah, it could be a bad thing. But can I also just say one thing I didn't like... Um, at all in those scenes was Alina never showered or never took a bath. And when she did take a bath that one time, she didn't even scrub her skin or even wash her hair. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a proper bath. It was just kind of like I was so mad. Arms. I was like, wash your damn head! <laughs> I don't know. If anything bothered me, it was like that scene when um, Jenia is putting makeup on her and then she puts eyeshadow and she's like, yeah. mm, no. And she takes it off and I'm like, what is this trying to say? Like, oh, you're better off without it. Like, true beauty, blah, blah, blah. I was like, bitch, just put the makeup on. Like, I think it's because Olga should blend the eyeshadow. Look like she just, like, plopped it on. And it was just, like, a little, like, half, like, moon, like, crescent on her eye. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was no, like, soft edges. Like, no blending into, like, the eyelid. And I was like, girl, yeah, no. take that off. <laughs> Any last questions anyone had? I, I'm done. I don't think I had anything else. I mean, I had, like, what would you want to see happen next? But I feel like we kind of answered that, so. Dark Lena 2022, let's go. That's going to happen. All right. <laughs> so, I think that's going to be it for our uh, Shadow and Bone review. Uh, if, if you have any thoughts, anything you want to add to, anything you want to explain, because maybe we just didn't, we, yes? Um, I just wanted to know. Yes, wanna- David. <laughs> She was raising her head. I just, um, I wanted to know um, if you'd like to rank, not rank, rate it out of a 10, the show oh, and sure. Can we do like a, a A to F instead? A to F? Yeah, like A plus, A minus, A, B plus. A letter grade? Yeah. Okay, fine. A B plus, a strong B plus. All right. I'd give it a B. Strong, like, solid B, just B. I think I'd give it an A minus. Okay, so we got an A minus, a strong B plus, and a strong B. Yeah. And, like, a 9. I think that maybe A minus would kind of equal, oh. like, a 9, 9.5, maybe. Well, that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't give it, an, I wouldn't give it like, more than a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I gave mine a 7. Like, a 7.5 for, for the ending episode. The score, I, I would give it a 9 out of 10. I really like Oh my gosh, yes. The music was so beautiful for that show. I downloaded it already. It's on Spotify. Yeah, I got it on YouTube. I got the playlist. I'm like, yes, this is great. Thank you very much. Ambiance for me. Yeah. (laughs) All right. right. Well, 
yeah so i hope you enjoyed our discussion of shadow and bone season one uh if you have anything you would like to add anything you want to explain to us feel free to contact us online you can find us on twitter at the rtm pod or on instagram at romancing the monsters podcast we call you can also email us at romancing the monsters podcast at gmail.com and we also have a tiktok which is romancing the monsters pod which we're doing tons of recommendations and stuff over there so feel free to go check it out and give us a follow and you can also find me online uh, on both twitter and instagram at foes and lovers and you can find us on both instagram and twitter at but this book and you can find me seth on both instagram and twitter at pose with woes and if you liked this episode please feel free to review leave us a rating um yeah just anything we'd like to hear from you guys bye bye, bye.